From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales. I'm your host, Adam Schick. While we used to have to wait until February to see the top high school football players in the nation pick a hat up off the table, this week saw year two of the early signing period. Fortunes were rising and falling throughout the day on Wednesday, with fans of every team furiously updating the recruiting rankings to try and gather what the narrative of the day would ultimately be. By the time the dust settled around the fax machine on Wednesday afternoon, Dan Mullen and his staff welcomed 20 new members to Gator Nation and were labeled one of the three biggest winners of the day by ESPN. On today's show, we'll learn more about the recruiting process and the highlights of this class from Director of Recruiting Operations Lee Begley. Then, we'll talk to a former star recruit who is now delivering on the field in junior linebacker David Reese. But first, While recruiting takes center stage for only a couple days of the year, it's a never-ending process that requires a dedicated team and countless hours of work behind the scenes. As the Director of Recruiting Operations, National Signing Day is to Lee Begley what Christmas is to Santa Claus. We spoke to Lee on Signing Day about the trials and tribulations of the recruiting process and some of the biggest names they signed, but began by finding out what goes into the job on a daily basis. Yeah, so uh, a part of my role is I'm in charge of official and unofficial visits. So when kids on, come on campus, I'm kind of like the first person they meet, the first person they see, and I organize their visits when they get here. And then another part of my role is I manage the coaches' recruiting schedules. So basically, they're asking me where they're going during the contact period. So I'd say those are two of my bigger roles. And obviously it's very, people are like, whoa, what's your day to day? And I'm like, it, it changes, which is fun. It just depends on the day and the season and what season it is. Fun and, and chaotic, I would imagine, trying to organize all of those schedules between the kids, <laughs> between the coaches, trying to figure out where their time is going to be best spent. I mean, that's got to be incredibly complicated. Do, do you have the world's greatest uh, Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> Yeah, my Excel spreadsheet is very colorful and it's kind of fun. (laughs) But yeah, people don't realize you have to be very strategic, especially with the early signing day, because if they're not signing early, so I don't know, a lot of people might not realize, but the coaches go on the road recruiting. We played Florida State Saturday. We had a staff meeting that Sunday and they literally went on the road recruiting and haven't seen their families for almost three weeks. Wow. They come back um, on the weekends, most of them, but they have official visits. So it's after the last game, they're, they're gone. And so um, you have to be strategic if they're signing early because, because coach Mullen can only see a kid one time and that's in December and January. And so if the kid's not signing um, early, we need to wait for coach Mullen to see him later. That Those type things that people don't realize all the strategy that goes into it. Hmm. How did you first get into the, the world of recruiting and specifically connected with coach Mullen? I grew up, with football my dad's a high school football coach well he's retired now so he was a high school football coach so football's kind of been my life and I um, went to school at Alabama and I was graduating and many Florida fans know Jeff Cullen so Jeff hired me as a student at Alabama hmm. and he was a defensive coordinator at Mississippi State so he convinced Coach Mullen to hire me 
And then when you came over to UF in the, in the same type of role, how did you go about creating the same relationships with recruits that were already in the fold? Because obviously when there's turnover, there's still a lot of players that are in that pipeline, but now you almost have to, to start over from scratch with them and convince them why they still want to come to Florida or if they're still considering it. What were some of the obstacles that, that go into that? Yeah, I mean, everything was new, but at the end of the day, it's just building relationships. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes you click with people and they click with you. But at the end of the day, it's just trying to be real. And we're very like, this is Florida. This is who we are. We're not putting on being fake or trying to tell you something that's not real. This is who we are and, and how we are. What does the average recruiting life cycle look like? How early are you connecting with some of the guys that you just signed today? And what tools do you use to find those players? Yeah, it just depends on the kid. You know, some kids are later. Um, and then some kids we've known for a while. Jalen Jones, for example, we he was committed to us at Mississippi State. And so we've had that relationship with him for a while. So it just honestly, it just depends on the kid. Um, we have a great recruiting staff and they're always looking at kids, trying to find kids for the coaches to evaluate and us to maybe offer so we use recruiting services. Sometimes we go through high school coaches, especially in Florida, because we want to take care of the state of Florida first. And um, so it just it's very fluid. How much has it changed recently with, with technology? Because I know, you know, years ago, you would hear players talk about all the hundreds of letters they got in the mail. Is, is direct mail still big? Is it more social media now? How has it evolved from maybe where it was even a few years ago? Yeah, I think um, you use both. So we use um, Twitter and social media and stuff like that to find kids, too, because they're always sending us film and um, using that to get, I guess, exposed and evaluated. So that's that side of it and social media. But kids, it's uh, better for us. We can get information out right away to kids and they like personalizations. That's what I call them, pictures of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we we still use mail. Um, We'll still do, I guess, snail mail. Because it's fun. I think it's fun to get stuff in the mail. I think kids do, too. So we'll mm. do both. Right now, everyone's checking the rankings, right? It's it's early signing day. People are refreshing. Did we move up? Did we move down? How many star guys did we get? What's the total you know, total score? There's a number of metrics that fans use to evaluate the class. How much do you guys care about that stuff? And how much does it factor in to your decision making? What independent services and what ESPN, what 247, what those guys are saying about the players that you're interested in? We'll use um, those services and look at lists and who's committed to who and kind of where their rankings and go off that just to find kids. But at the end of the day, Coach Mullen and the staff are great evaluators and we like to get kids to camp and have a live evaluation. And camp is a chance for the kids to work out for the coaches and get coached by the coaches as well. So I think, it, I mean, we use it, but at the end of the day, we trust our evaluation on those kids. How much has the early signing period changed the game for your uh, for your world, the, the recruiting business, so to speak? I think it's changed it because kids are getting recruited earlier now. And so now we're looking at kids are coming in visits in the spring and they're making their decisions earlier. And then you're getting a head start on the next class. So now we've signed 20 kids and um, we're getting a jump start on 2020 in January. And then how much more is there still left to do or is it pretty much done? I, mean, are there, I know you can't talk about the individuals, but is there a lot of action that happens going into into February or is it almost like all the big names are off the board already? 
Well, there, I mean, there's still uh, guys out there that we're recruiting and we want to sign. So, I mean, it's not, obviously it's not going to be as big as this class, but there's still names out there that we're recruiting and we're going after. All right, so let's talk about the class now. This is what everybody's excited about, the names, the guys who are hopefully going to change the program going forward. Can you take us through some of the the highlights of this class that you guys just signed? Yeah, I think it's a great class overall, and we're really excited about the Swamp Squad uh, 19 class. Uh, Obviously, the quarterback. I think any class starts with the quarterback, right? And Jalen Jones, He's. I mean, we've known him forever. He was committed to us at Mississippi State. His parents, he comes from a very athletic family. His dad played uh, football at Colorado. His mom ran track at Arizona, and she was in the Olympics in the 92 Olympics. His huh. sister plays basketball at UNC. So he's just been around sports. He's, uh, he's a great kid, and I think he'll be, he'll be a great leader for us in the future. Um, obviously, the offensive lineman, you know, we, we had a good offensive lineman class, and we felt like that was a need for us. And then, obviously, the corners with Chester and uh, Jaden Hill. And I think that those were the only two we signed right now. We still have a couple of names out there that we're going after. But um, we're, we're definitely excited about those guys. On the defensive side of the ball, tell us about some of those names that, that are going to come in and, and hopefully make a quick impact for you. Yeah, we have Mahmood from Auburn. I think he'll be able to come in right away and make an impact. He's a great kid. Uh, he had a really good senior season at Auburn High School. And then, uh, obviously, there's Tyrone Hopper from Roswell. And then, of course, Lloyd. We ha- I didn't even mention the Lakeland crew. They're, mm-hmm. they're in their category. So that was really <laughs> cool to, to keep the Lake- Lakeland pipeline going to Florida. And what was that like? Because, obviously, that caught a lot of national attention when the, the three Lakeland kids all signed, uh, all simultaneously announced that they're going to be coming to Florida. Do you know that ahead of time? How much lead time do you have on what their decision is before everyone else sees it on TV? We had their papers this morning, so we felt we felt good about it. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you're still holding your breath, you know, because they could send papers elsewhere, too. But we felt we felt good about it after their visits this weekend. And they usually the kids are good about it. They'll let you know if it's you or not you just mm-hmm. so you could use their spot for someone else if you needed to. So we kind of have a good, I guess, grasp on who we're getting and not getting ahead of time. Recruiting is largely, it's it's about imaging. It's about having your presence out there, making sure people know about you and what you're doing. What's the value of having that type of, of presence, right? You have that's, I mean, right now, if you go to ESPN.com, that pops up there, trio of Lakeland players choose Florida all together. What does it mean to get that kind of publicity from a, a really talented group of, of recruits? Yeah, I mean, it's big time because other recruits see that and they take notice. We've had a couple of phone calls today. They said, oh, wow, we saw where the Lakeland kids, you know, came to you. So it's it's definitely big time to have that. Who's a player in this class that maybe the the national analysts aren't talking about a lot that you guys think is going to be a a really, really good fit for this system and, and for this program? I think there are a lot of kids, or not a lot, but there are a few kids like that. I think Trent Whittemore is one. I think he's going to be a great player and not a lot of people talk about him. And uh, obviously, and the other receivers too, Jamarcus Weston and Deontay March, they were kind of not as talked about as much, but they're going to, I feel like they're going to develop and be great players for Florida. Is there a particular need you felt that you really had to address that, that you feel like you accomplished here on this, this early signing day? Yeah, I feel like uh, we had a obviously offensive line and then our corners, 
our DB class. So I felt like we felt that we filled that need today. So obviously it's critical to own the state, especially Florida. It's so talent rich, but you know, Florida is a brand that's a little bit bigger than that as well. And you guys are known for getting players from all over the Southeast and all over the country in some cases. So what are some examples this year where you went into some really competitive territory outside of the Sunshine State and got a player that, that you really wanted? Yeah, I think the one that stands out is um, probably Chester Kimbrough going into New Orleans and getting him out of there because uh, he had an LSU offer, but at the end of the day, his dream was to play for the Gators, the real DBU. <laughs> and so, yeah, sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> but yeah, and then having Brad from there, and he's, he's seen the success that Brad Stewart has had. So I think that really helped in helping get Chester here. When Chester was on a visit here, Brad was his host. How important are those guys that are already in the program to helping bring in the the next generation? I mean, obviously the coaches are important, but when they come on campus, what does it mean to have that interaction with the guys in the program for them to really understand what it's all about? Yeah, I think it's a really big deal um, because a lot of times the parents, they want to know the real and what real life is while they're here. And I think our guys have done a really great job of um, selling the program to the parents. And I think that's a testament to coach Mullen and what he's built because the, the guys have bought in and they're helping us recruit other kids. And I, I don't know if you watched the Lakeland commit, but mm-hmm. Keon Zipper talked about the players or what sold him on Florida. So I think that's really cool to hear that. Now that this is all over, I'm sure there's a lot of things you can look back on and, and laugh about. What are some moments from this recruiting cycle, whether it was today or even, you know, in the months leading up to it, that you remember now as thinking, boy, at the time, that maybe wasn't as funny as it is now in, in hindsight? Not off the top of my head can I think of anything. One of the biggest, I think, things, and it was kind of fun, was seeing Lloyd and his dad in the jersey together. I thought that was kind of cool and they could share that moment and it got a lot of publicity around the country. And I think Florida started to trend with that one. So that was kind of cool. How did that, was that totally organic? Whose idea was that? The dad came out in a Jersey and I said, Hey, you should go full uniform kind of jokingly. (laughs) And then I think coach Mullen said something to him about it too. And then he came back out. I turned around and he was a full uniform. (laughs) We just went with it. Yeah. That's sometimes just got, and, and look how it worked out, right? It worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so final thing for you, Lee, I know it's been a, a really a, a long and, and taxing time for you guys as you wrap this up. And I'm actually scared to ask this question because I think I know what the answer is, but what what's next? Because I think a lot of people would like to think you guys can relax now, but this never really stops, does it? No, it doesn't. So today we were on the phone with 2020 kids. Wow. So, yeah, so it's just a never ending cycle. So we'll um, we'll finish up the 2019 class in February, but we're already working hard on the 2020 class. Is there any time where you guys actually get to take a step back and relax or is this a 365 engine? I mean, it, it is and it isn't. During the summer, we get a couple of weeks off, but I feel like in recruiting, you're, you're always feel like you need to be doing something or you're going to be behind. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of during the off like summer and dead periods, everybody kind of picks up each other's slack. So we all get a little downtime. Well, Lee, thank you so much for your time. We know this has been a very busy day for you on sign day. We appreciate you giving Gator Nation a little insight into this insane process that we know as uh, National Signing Day. Yeah, thanks for having me. While some players grow into leaders, others are called upon to answer the bell sooner than expected. In 2016, 
David Reese was midway through his true freshman season when injuries to Jared Davis and Alex Anzalone forced him into a starting role in one of the most important positions on the field. Since that early exposure, the now junior linebackers continued building off that experience to become one of Florida's most reliable contributors. As the Gators prepare for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl against the Wolverines, we spoke to Reese about this season and his Michigan roots, but began by discussing the significance of the season-capping win over the Seminoles. I mean, it meant everything, you know, to leave our seniors off with a good note. Uh, Kodak Black showed up. The energy was great throughout the whole game. Our Gator fans uh, were real representing the stadium. And we haven't beat Florida State in a while, man. And I, it was just great to, you know, get things rolling and change the you know tradition about that. I know it, it got a lot of hype on social media that, that Kodak Black was there. Did you guys know that was going to happen? Like, who got Kodak Black on the sidelines that day? Oh, man, that was all Coach Mullen was doing. We had no idea. We just seen him show up. I know he'd been in contact with Kodak, you know, before that, prior to that game, but we didn't know when he was going to show up or if he ever, you know, followed through on that. But it was, you know, a great experience and probably great for recruiting. You know, we always want to show how much fun we're having and, you know, show recruits that Florida's a special place. There were a lot of storylines around that FSU game, so I'm not sure if one of these means more than the other, but I'm curious, did it mean more to snap the losing streak against Florida State or was it more meaningful to knock them out of a bowl game and break their record of, of winning seasons? Is one of those way more than, than the other for you guys? Um, I mean, they both felt great. You know, we weren't really thinking about the streak or, you know, the record. But, you know, after the game, we thought about it. And, of course, it felt great to, you know, send them home and have the same feeling that we had, you know, prior to that, you know, last year. So it felt great to snap the record. And also it felt great just to beat them. Um, we haven't beat this team in a while. So I feel like the win was more important than their bowl streak. What did it mean to the seniors? How emotional was it for those guys after the game? We saw some of the celebrations on the field, some of which Coach Mullen said to maybe tone down a little bit. But obviously <laughs> it, was, it was very meaningful to a lot of guys. Can you just talk about that from your perspective? It meant so much to those guys. I mean, they have you know, they haven't beat Florida State since they've been here. And, you know, it was just great to let them know that all the hard work we put in the offseason paid off. And, you know, that then we didn't let the season go down the drain when we could have versus South Carolina when we had to come back and face adversity. So it just felt great to do that. And now we're in a New York Six Bowl, you know, got an opportunity to finish as a top 10 team in the country. So it was just a great ending, just what we worked hard for all year. I want to take things back for you a little bit. Can you tell us about your family and where you grew up? I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, my dad played at Michigan State, and he also used to coach, but now he's a principal. And my mom, she teaches at uh, the powerhouse Cast Tech, so got a lot of Michigan ties. Was uh, was your dad the one that got you into football? Did he want you in, into a different sport? How did your football career really start? Uh, he's the main one that got me into football. He, I just been around him my whole life. Like uh, I started playing probably when I was four or five, playing flag football, and I moved on to pass when I was six. But my uh, my father, he always was a coach. He used to coach at a school called Southfield High. Um, he played football at Michigan State. Um, I got a lot of family members that play football. And, you know, in my Little League team, we've had about probably 13 kids that's playing Division One ball right now. Wow. So we're always close. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I just grew up on. When you started playing, do you remember a moment where it clicked? Was there a time when you said, oh, wow, this is something I really want to do and, and I want to commit to? Uh, ever since I touched the ball, man, really, like I just love doing I love the brotherhood. All my best friends I really have are usually football players or I have played football before. I just love the aspect of, you know, family and building relationships and having brothers for the rest of your life. What drew you to the defensive side of the ball and specifically linebacker? Was that always where you were or did you, you move no, around? I used to play quarterback like all the way up to high school, but really? I used to love contact. Yeah, I used to love running the ball. I used to love contact. So, 
And I, I realized that quarterback is probably not the position for me because I used to love to hit people. I used to love, you know, physical aspects of football. So I kind of figured out that wasn't a spot for me. You know, as you've grown in the game, it seems like it, it sort of follows the timeline of all the rule changes and trying to make the game safer and, you know, some of the physicality leaving the sport. Given that that's what attracted you to it, how difficult has it been for you adjusting to that as the rules continue to, to change? I feel like, you know, the game is going to evolve, you know, regardless. I feel like as long as it's football, as long as, you know, we still get to go out there and compete, you know, I feel like we can work around that. I feel like, you know, everyone just has our best interests at heart, just trying to make the game safer. So, you know, some of the quarterback rules are a little, you know, too much. But as far as keeping your head up, you know, that, those are fundamentals you're taught. And I feel like everybody should use those fundamentals. So it doesn't really affect me too much because I try to, you know, keep my head up when I tackle, make smart plays and, you know, keep your body healthy and live to play another down. You know, being a Michigan guy with all those ties that you talked about, what ultimately drew you to come all the way to Florida? Coach Randy Shannon, the relationship I built with him, you know, all the linebackers he coached, and also, you know, it's SEC ball, and, you know, this university is one of the top universities in the country. So when you had that opportunity, you can't pass that up. And I uh, decommitted to Michigan before, right before I opened up my recruitment. And again, that's when I started getting recruited by Florida. And I know a lot of people didn't think I'd probably come all the way out this way because I don't have any family out here, but it was just, you know, the trust in the coaching staff and, you know, the university itself, you know, the respect this university has nationally. All the guys that came before here is just a perfect situation. And I can't beat the weather either. Yeah, I was just going to say, how big of an adjustment was it? You know, I guess a positive one. Some people go from the southeast, they go up north. They're maybe not enjoying that change. How nice yeah. was it to, to embrace everything that Florida has that the, uh, the, the state of Michigan does not? I mean, it's beautiful. Like right now in Michigan, it's probably snowing at 17 degrees or something like that. But, you know, out here at 68 and sunny and we can go outside and practice all, all year round and go outside and run and just get better all year round. When you got on campus, going back to your freshman year and, and you talked about you didn't have family around, it was a, kind of a whole new world for you. Who were the guys that, that you looked up to the most that really helped you with that transition? Uh, well, really, Jared Davis, Alex Angelone were the guys that I were closest to when I uh, first came here. And, you know, I also have my brothers that stayed on campus with. Uh, my roommates were Ja'Kai, Chauncey, Josh Hammond, George Smith, all those guys. We just grew a close bond and grew together. Jared and Alex specifically, I know, were really important in your development early on. What are some of the things that they taught you about playing this position at Florida? Uh, J.D. was somebody that did everything right as far as film, meal prep, everything right. Especially his senior, he did everything right. He was one of the hardest workers on the team, probably the hardest worker on the team. And, you know, he took me under his wing and we used to watch film together. Any anytime, anytime I needed him or anything I needed him for, he was there. If I just needed to talk, he was there. Um, we used to go see Coach Shannon together after every game and before, like, every practice just to go over the script. And so we get ahead of the game. So he was always looking to get better. You know, Alex and Jared are both in the NFL now, and every week you see him making plays. How much are you able to, to stay in contact with them, and what do they tell you about playing at the, at the next level? Uh, I try to when I can. I know they're busy people, but, um, you know, they say is you know, it's not a cakewalk. You know, they just bring in the same principles that they've been doing since uh, since college. And, you know, they said playing in the SEC has definitely gave them an edge and allowed them to be able to make plays in the NFL right away. Due to the injuries to, to both of them in your freshman year, you were called into some really big spots. I mean, you were out there as a freshman having to almost lead the defense from that linebacker spot. Uh, how did you adjust to being in such a, a significant position so early on in your career? I mean, you know, I worked hard in practice every day. And once I got it down, packed in practice and going against, you know, our 
our one offense, uh, it was no difference. I feel like practice was harder than the game. So when I got out there, I, w- I was just able to be free and just to play fast. You know what I mean? I didn't really think too much about being young or anything like that. You know, I did the work in practice, so I knew I was confident in the game. And I, I just thank our, you know, our DC and our and my linebacker coach for having confidence in me to know doing what I had to do and you know get out there and give me a chance. You mentioned your relationship with Coach Shannon being a big reason why you came to Florida. Obviously, last year, things changed drastically with the coaching staff switching out. Uh, in what ways do you feel like you've improved your game and evolved under this new staff and the opportunities that, that they've given you? I feel like I've been able to play a little bit faster, you know, uh, try to be a better leader. You know, I was injured, uh, you know, first three games of the season and had an agony injury throughout the season, but... You know, I was able to get the defense down pretty quick and uh, just get my teammates to play around with me. Whatever I could do to get an edge and get our defense playing faster. I mean, I feel like I really honed in on that. And I feel like it showed this year, especially uh, Tennessee, when we had like six turnovers, a good defense game. Mississippi State, we had a good defense game as a unit. So that was my main purpose. Speaking about leadership, as, as you've grown up and become one of the, the top guys here, which younger players have you taken under your wing and do you feel like you've taught the most to? I feel like Ventura Miller. You know, that's a guy I feel like he could make plays. I feel like he's ready to play. Um, you know, he just needs the chance. And, um, you know, he's a hard worker. You know, he reminds me of myself when I was a freshman, uh, sophomore being here. You know what I mean? Same type of players and stuff. I just feel like, you know, he's ready and, you know, he's going to have a great season next year. This season, there was another David Reese on the roster. Uh, how much confusion does that cause on a daily basis? Uh, it causes a lot, you know, even when it comes from social media, just people liking pictures or even, you know, people just asking questions, uh, jersey numbers, you know, we got to figure that out. But I try to tell people that I'm the second, you know, so they could try to uh, differentiate us. But, you know, people still get it confused. So we're going to have to try to give them a nickname or something. We got to think of something going in. It's 2019. Are you guys similar outside of name, or is it just like name alone and you're very different other than that? I mean, we're, we're pretty much different, but we both play linebacker also. So that, that's another confusing. thing that, yeah, so that's another thing that confuses people, but we're pretty <laughs> different besides that outside of football. Is, is there more mix-up between you guys or between the two Jawan Taylors? Definitely us. Definitely us. Yeah, playing playing the same position probably makes that tougher, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely us. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting toward the end now of your third season uh, since you started playing as a true freshman. What are some of the most memorable moments that you've had on the field? Maybe a game or, or a play that, that stands out to you? Uh, most memorable game. Uh, definitely LSU my freshman year. Also, LSU again. I don't know. It was just, you know, our games versus LSU, I, I can probably say. LSU this year because they meant so much. They were top five in the country. and They gave us momentum going into, you know, the rest of the season. And we just had a great game defensively, and we just showed people we, uh, what we were capable of, how much potential we had as a unit. We played together. And then LSU, my freshman year with the goal line stand, that's probably one of the most memorable goal line stands I have. And then I think about that Georgia goal line stand also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. So, uh, you know, we just never gave up. And they had the ball on the one-yard line and still didn't get in. So. Taking things off the field, what do you enjoy doing outside of football? Um, outside of football, man, I really love spending time with my family. Um, anytime I get the chance, I'm always on the phone with one of my cousins or aunts or even mom and dad, you know, just trying to see how everybody's from home doing. You know, I don't get to see them too often. So just, you know, getting, spending time with families, checking in on them and maybe doing any activities when I, when I can with them, when I, wherever I'm home. But if I'm here in Gainesville, usually I go to the movies or, 
you know, do something with my teammates, any activity. Like, we could just sit sit at the house and play the game, and, you know, that would be a good time for me. So just having the company of my brothers and my family. Best movie you've seen this year? Um, That's a tough one. I'm trying to think of movies that came out this year. Um, Black Panther, Avengers, a bunch of those. Yeah, definitely probably Black Panther. That was a great one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You hit it on the head right there, Black Panther. <laughs> that definitely was a great one. Bringing things back to football, to go from four and seven to a New Year's Six Bowl in a year, how do you explain the turnaround that, that this team has had? I mean, you know, I feel like the turnaround was great. Uh, we, you know, we always had the talent. It was just about putting the pieces together, and, you know, working hard in the offseason and, you know, just making our mind up to, you know, let everybody know what we came to do and let everybody know that the Gators are, you know, trying to get back to, you know, where they where they started. So I feel like to other people it seems like a great turnaround, but us it was just little things like we could have easily been four and seven again this year, and last year we could have easily been in like in a New Year's Six outbow type of game last year. So you know, just know it's the little things that you know changed our season. This is the second straight year you've played Michigan. I know that last year it it didn't go according to plan. So how does it feel to have another shot at your home state school in the Peach Bowl? It feels great, you know what I mean. Um, I know a lot of guys on that team. You know, I got a lot of people coming to the game, and it just feels great to get that try to get that bad taste out of our mouth. We played them at big stages every time, so that's exciting too. And you know, the Peach Bowl is a great New Year's Six Bowl, and it can't get any better in Atlanta. You know, huge stage, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, probably the best one. You know, other bowl options. So I'm excited about that. Who are some of the guys on that team that you know, and has there been some uh, some trash talk leading up to this? No, nah, no, nah, I don't. I don't talk too much trash, but I know. <laughs> shoot, I know almost everybody on the team: Michael Wanaway, uh, Grant Perry, Donald People, Emmy Thomas, uh, all those guys. Man, I, I pretty much know all those guys. We all know each other. So, would there be trash talk if you win the game, or just no trash talk? Period. Oh, there's gonna be some trash talk on the field probably during okay. the game, but none after you know after we're all family again. <laughs> you know, before we're family until we hit you know until we hit that sideline. So it's all so, about it's all about that in-game trash talk. Yeah, it's all about the in-game trash talk. <laughs> Couple final things for you. What have been the focuses of these bowl practices so far, and and how do they differ from regular season practices? I don't know, not too much. You know, we still want to win. We came here to win. That's the, that's the biggest goal. You know, to take down a big name like Michigan. Um, bowl practices are a little bit more developmental. Also, um, some of the other guys, you know, some of the guys that don't get reps too much uh, get a lot of reps. And, you know, we still – but we still have intensity. We still go good on good. We still do everything the same. So it's just it's just a little bit different that uh, twos and threes get more reps. You have a lot of time to look at film going into a bowl game with all the, the buildup to it. What stands out about this Michigan team, and how do you prepare for it? Uh, they got a, gr- a great defense, you know what I mean? They had uh, Gary. I know he's probably not playing. Uh, Bush, you know, he, he was a contender for the Buckets. You know, they got a great defense. Uh, and on offense, you know, they got Shea Patterson, a great quarterback. Uh, Peoples Jones, he's a fast outside guy that can take the top off the defense. And they got a, uh, you know, a good run game with Chris Evans and uh, 22. So we know it's going to be a physical game, probably a lot of base personnel. We're just ready to strap our helmets up and come play a physical game. So we're just looking forward to that. We know they're Big Ten ball and probably known for running the ball and taking deep shots. So that's what we're prepared for. Final question for you, David. Number one item on your Christmas wish list. How could Santa make you happiest this year? Number one item on my Christmas wish list. Probably be a new car, man. Uh, my <laughs> lease is up. You know, if my parents are listening or if anybody I know is listening, probably a new car. What what kind of car? Probably a Ram truck or a F-150 or something like that. A nice little car. You know what I mean? 
We'll, we'll, we'll make sure your parents listen to this and they take care of you then. <laughs> All right, gotcha. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. Good luck in the Peach Bowl and the congratulations on a, an outstanding junior season. All right, thank you. And that's going to do it for this week's show. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to Gator Tales in the podcast app of your choice, and please leave a review to help us continue to grow. Make sure to come back next week as we'll have a special show previewing the Peach Bowl to close out 2018. Until then, I'm Adam Schiff, thanking you for joining us on Gator Tales.